A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello, and today I'm talking about shopping for shares. Financial technology, otherwise known as fintech, is enabling an explosion in the delivery of innovative financial services. Gone are the days when the only way to invest was to buy those investments directly. To talk to me about this and about some general views on investing, I'd like to welcome Christian Eckelman from Upstreet. Hello. Hello. Hi, Phil. Christian is the co-founder of Upstreet, an app that allows you to earn shares as you shop, which is what shop? Shop vesting. Shop vesting. We'll get on to Upstreet, but tell us about your career before becoming a fintech entrepreneur. So basically, I worked uh, nine years for Volkswagen Audi in Germany mm. as an IT engineer. And um, yeah, so did, uh, did mostly translation between business and the IT to bring it all together and uh, translate it and, and bring it into production and worked like in a, in a product management role and like production marketing sales um service or so the whole um yeah production of of a car and the servicing and the after sales so, so is it is it true what they say about german cars <laughs> what do they say about german cars <laughs> well i think i think it's the old joke isn't it the, the best car would be um engineered by the germans uh, designed by the italians and built by the japanese yeah kind of and then uh, I did but a bit. You became a consultant as well. Right? Yes. Uh, so I did a bit of an unusual um, move after a couple of years where I was a bit bored in my role and wanted to do something else. I, I got into consulting by chance and um, got to know McKinsey over uh, like a recruitment event over six months and said it's actually quite good. They're, they're, cool. they're a very large um, consulting yeah, company, top, aren't they? top management consulting worldwide, um, almost in every city or every country they have an office. And um, I got to know them. I actually didn't like consultants before in my, my role. They were always a bit um, not my favorite yeah. kind of species. But I got to know them and got an offer and said, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's give it a chance. I joined and said, ah, let's do it a, for a year. And it was a bit of this can I do it kind of mentality? That's over what drives me. Can I actually build it? Can I do it? Am I good enough? And uh, one year became eventually seven, two years in Germany, where after like in the second year, I was doing again automotive and wanted to do something completely different. And McKinsey has uh, global staffing. So I applied for a random mining study in WA. And uh, yeah, two weeks later, I was standing in a gold mine and I uh, was thinking, what did I do to myself? This? <laughs> uh, as, a, as a software engineer in a, in a, in a, in a gold mine. Uh, so, so you were going to consult to a gold mine as, as a German software engineer? So, automotive cut, software engineer. Automotive software yeah, yeah. to tell a gold mine how to be managed. Yes, not really. They know how to do gold mining, but I think it's more coming in with some pair, fresh pair of eyes and saying, okay, what, what should you do differently? And what I really found for me very meaningful in the automotive industry, it's like premium cars. It's very hard to improve something there. You have to look really, really, really thorough and then you improve it by half a percent, uh, half have a little bit here a little bit here but in uh, in 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 mining you can't really make a big difference with the small changes and that is, was very meaningful for me and 
and also had a very good time and got to know these people better. I was stayed there for seven months. It's not just a little bit. I was there for for this long time. So we we started something, and I saw it completely through until we saw the benefit for the mine side, and and then also for the people having a job longer. So when I started there, it was more like we closed down that place going forward. Now it's still operational, seven eight years later. Where I think that 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 gave me a lot of meaning. It's way better than what other what we did in the past in other in other circumstances so um what did you learn about mining in australia from that experience so gold mining is basically dirt mining you have uh, one gram of gold in a ton of material and uh astonishingly i never saw gold in seven months <laughs> <laughs> but i got to know australia um i got to know the pilbara and um like dingoes and uh, one dingo is nice seven dingoes are a pack and it's very dangerous they chased <laughs> me once so um uh kind of an interesting story brown snakes and all this kind of stuff so i loved that seven months in the in in the desert and um yeah and then met my wife basically in the in the office uh in perth and um she was in boston i was uh, from munich and we said yeah let's meet in the middle and stay in australia you've learned a lot about um how businesses run being a management consultant yeah what are some of the lessons you've learned that um, can be applied to investing from what you've learned about management and observing that in action. Yeah, I think it's all about people. Yeah. So you need to look at who is running the business, who is like, uh, and it's it's very top-down led. Yeah. So who is in, in the driver's seat and what have they achieved in the past and can they build a culture of a high-performing team? I think, uh, I, and I experienced that with a client, but also in my own experience with the team if you have a dysfunctional team or a team which has not fun or is under a lot of pressure or something is dysfunctional, the performance is is most likely not happening. And that's the same, I think, for companies. And especially we had, we tried with many of the clients we're working with, we tried it for a couple of months and it nothing really worked. And then there was a personal change. And all of a sudden from a team really from the bottom went straight to the top performing team like in two weeks it's like an astonishing transformation you see if you crack this either the culture and change the culture materially or you actually say okay some we need to rotate people and then all of a sudden it, it unlocks unbelievable performance and um that that is for me like the, the most important part and then secondly is that business sustainable long term basically look at nokia yeah nokia started as a rubber boot company was then the world leading mobile phone producer developer and there's a there's a time magazine article from seven years ago one billion nokia phones out in the world who can stop the giant who's nokia now nokia is a very success still a very successful business but what they do now is the the technology the back end of uh, of telecommunication so they don't do phones anymore they sold i think they sold that business but basically they reinvented them and who can do that is the leadership and because you need to tell your shareholders we do very painful cuts through the business and then reinventing it and another example is for example netflix netflix started as as like a, a like DVD, the DVD yeah, yeah, exchange, yeah. and that was making a lot of money. And I think you need to have a lot of guts as a CEO to tell your shareholders, you know what, we're cutting our money-making machine, we're stopping doing DVD, and we're doing streaming. Nobody did streaming. And then we, we even, so then we went into streaming, and that didn't stop. They actually reinvented themselves as well and said, streaming is not enough. 
we need to produce content. And now they're going into content. And the, probably the next curve is coming because now everybody's doing content. So what's the next development? Otherwise, Netflix might not be around for another 10 years. Yeah? So, But who is doing that management team? And that management team, just going back to where you're saying that the, the, a change in a management team can make the biggest difference, how is that something that investors can see from the outside? Uh, there's like a saying in Germany, when the CFO becomes the CEO, you should you should also leave the company. What's that, the CFO? Oh, the CFO becomes the CEO, yeah. then um, you should actually leave. Um, or That's like the chief financial officer becomes the... Yeah, because it's more... And I saw that at Audi and as an employee, um, there was basically the innovation stopped and um, or it was all copying the same recipe which worked before and then like five years later you got the, the feedback from from everyone hey i cannot differentiate an audi a3 from an a8 and then why do i pay for 120,000 or 200,000 dollars and then 40,000 dollars? but they look exactly the same so this is like copying the recipe and not innovating um, because they're looking more at the money and the, and the short-term profits not at, at the long-term vision it's very broad and very general, so you cannot always say that's true, but there is some truth in, in something like that. Where so you, you don't want an accountant to be a CEO? Yeah, do you want to be encountered as a, as a visionary of a, or in, a, in a company? And look at the DAX or the NASDAQ. How many companies are there for 50 years in that? There are few. Who are the biggest companies in the world is Apple, uh, Amazon, Microsoft. How old are they? Yeah, 20 years, 30 years. So there's not these old General Electric or the others. It, it, they are just not there anymore. Yeah? They, they, they drop out, they go bankrupt, they get split up. And now we see Tesla. Tesla is now as valuable as, I think, Dime, Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen, BMW together. Yeah? <laughs> yes. And they're producing, what, 100,000 units, 200,000 units? So nothing compared to these giants. Hmm. Uh, but that is what the, the analysts think that is the future, and they're innovating. Yeah? And they have probably have a lead time of, um, of a year or two or three in, in electro vehicles. And it costs a lot of money to catch up, and this money is missing none on other, on other things. Yeah? Well, they don't they make money from carbon credits as well? That's uh, one of the biggest um, earners yeah. for them. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, but um, I think I think yeah, that's yeah. it. So in the car industry, and it's interesting that we, we were having a conversation before that most car companies are just basically banks. Can you explain that too? Yeah. So if you so I spend a lot of a lot of time in the car industry, and if you look at their balance sheet, yes, they're a manufacturing company, but if you really look closely, they're more like a balance sheet, like a bank, because they all either work very closely with a bank, own a bank, or have a banking license. And what they basically do is uh, financing the leasing of cars. So um, business wants to give the managers a car, so they lease the car, and that needs to be financed. So the car companies are very happy to finance it. And at the moment, it's like super cheap because they basically get the money for free. There's no interest rate or marginal interest rates on it and then they load up their balance sheet so if they have a balance sheet of a hundred over 100 billion euros or, or dollars then like 60 70 80 is sometimes like leasing uh, leasing assets on that and then you, you're wondering how should i actually value this company is it a bank is it a manufacturing and then it's it's basically three companies in one it's a bank it's a manufacturing and it's a big r&d department where r&d is probably 10 20 years 
uh, where you have to invest for the next 10 years you have the manufacturing manufacturing a highly complex product where you not only have to manufacture the car but every new car needs a new production line you you build basically two products a production line who produces the product <laughs> so this is highly complex that you do that in parallel it costs a lot of money a lot of time and um and good people and then you have this whole financing of of the cars yeah, so those are the three the three pillars and and then if you really look at it where they make money is an after sales with parts so let's turn to the fintech industry recording today on the 18th of november 2020 mm-hmm. and tomorrow you've been nominated for a couple of fintech awards yes what, what for, are those awards so one is the innovative or alternative um, uh, investment platforms and uh, the other one is the fintech of the year award well, so, good luck. Good luck with that. We'll, yeah, know, we'll know the result yeah, very <laughs> by the time this, um, and, uh, this comes out. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what what will happen. It's, uh, I'm very grateful to actually, um, yeah, be nominated in the first place, and uh, I think that's a gratitude to the whole team working for 14 months now. Really, really hard to get a fin- uh, financial product into the market, and I think everybody who has tried or done it before knows how hard it is in Australia. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot of people aren't aware of this ecosystem, but there's a lot of innovation and a lot of people starting up fintech-style businesses. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting industry where where you have the big big four banks, which is unique in Australia. Yeah, so if you look at Europe, there are hundreds of banks, or US, there are hundreds of banks, uh, or thousands of banks, and here you have the four big uh, banks, and they have a lot of legacy technology and legacy to work through and um, so that if you think they are slow or not that innovative that has some reasons because they, they have millions of customers and they need to need to run it and it's not that easy to just change your major banking system so they have the legacy industry you have a lot of regulation and then you have a lot of innovation with open banking coming in and then the, the whole financial industry but also worldwide is like disrupted with either blockchain or like open banking um, uh, money transfer worldwide securities and and like the whole it just exploded the last 10 years and uh, and now you see how these new new technologies come up uh, paired with like a mobile technology i think you you could have done it like 10 years ago but who wants to do it all on a browser and mm-hmm. not slow and but now you have your online every time with your mobile phone and now you combine these couple of different technologies and all of a sudden you see all this innovation happening and it's exciting to be here in, in australia it's, I, I think it's a it's a very good good point to start your fintech because you have um high card rates so the cash rate is very low compared to germany my mom just got her first credit card thanks to uh, thanks to COVID. she had not a credit card did you did your anything? mother has never anything? had a credit card yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she uh, she always used either a very old bank card um yeah. which is kind of a debit card but it's also not 
it's very spe Germany specific, but basically she all her life she she thinks cash is cash is king and real paper cash. And here you have basically no one actually has cash. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, Australia's always been we've always been adopters yeah. of technology. Yeah, uh, it's, we've always been. I, I think some companies have used Australia as a testing ground for yeah new yeah. technical yeah for, for new t and but also Australia I think uh, is a bit too timid here. You've, we had Atlassian, we see now uh, Afterpay coming out of this uh, big companies. And I, I find it astonishing when a, when a PM says, oh, we should just adopt and not uh, lead technology. I think that's the wrong way to think about it. I think Australia has perfect position to, to lead in, in green energy and in banking because it's just natural resources and banking is just a very healthy ecosystem here. Mm. If you look at the margins they're, they're producing and the, the money is there to innovate, I would uh, argue in Europe it's a bit tougher for banks to innovate. And um, yeah, and then, then also like people want it. So there's in the loyalty space, people yep. are super loyalty of Fien and people want it, this innovation, or at least my impression. Fintech is really one of the cutting edges of innovation, and that's where you're going to find the biggest growth. There's a couple of growth drivers for Australia, and one is the banking sector. And then mm. where does the innovation come from uh, is in a fintech industry where you, you know that there is a bit of a, if you look at the curves there, the technology development is like exponential, like driven by Moore's law. Yeah? Every 18 months, our processing speed doubles. It's it's more or less accurate. Maybe in the future it will be less accurate. But now we see a phone has more processing power than like the, the Apollo mission, you know, mm. 10 times more. So we can do all these nice, great things, but the companies can't afford to innovate in, in the same pace. So you need actually startups and fintechs to trial and error. It's like a, a Darwin's law, only the fittest survive. Like 90% of the companies will die because it the business model doesn't work or the, the business model is great, but the people don't understand it. That is like a selection process in a startup world. And then these small companies can become very big, like an afterpay, seven years, eight years old, and now 20 billion, over 20 billion uh, market cap company on the ASX. So you need these small companies to innovate and then either getting merged with a big bang or bringing, bringing the innovation to everyone. And yes, uh, there's, there's uh, high, a lot of opportunities, uh, it's money to be made, um, but also it's a high risk. So let's talk about Upstreet. So the app is only, as of today's date, the app's only, what, 24 days? Yeah, 24, 25 days live. Yeah. <laughs> so we're right at the cutting edge here, yeah. right on the bleeding edge. Yeah. Um, what's gone into creating Upstreet? Well, first of all, explain what Upstreet is. It's... Um, yeah, shopping for shares. Shopping for shares. So instead of gift cards or points, you get shares in the companies. So it's a, re a reward scheme. It's like your frequent flyer points. But yes, instead of but instead of frequent flyer points as Qantas, you would actually get Qantas shares once Qantas is uh, part mm -hmm. of uh, or uses Upstreet to, to offer. Yeah, once Upstreet is taken on by Qantas. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is this is the basic idea. Instead of intransparent or useless frequent flyer points, you actually get shares, a real value, it's transparent. We also found that there is a higher loyalty means. So you're already a fan. If you, if you transact with a company, you mostly you're already a fan of the company, but now you become an owner. And there's this whole owner mindset. If the company belongs or you, you own part of the company, you're more likely to be loyal or uh, 
uh, and for that, for this loyalty, you should be rewarded uh, with a with a real value. What has happened? It's only been a year since you've started up. Yes. Yeah, so we what's started, been the, what's the process been the, to get this um, underway? So the process is uh, we were part of the Endler Endler Generator cohort one last year. Um, so we had the idea. We 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 first talked to lawyers. Is that actually possible in Australia to run this kind of a scheme? There's a corporate act, there's regulation, and you need to work through that. And we got early on the sign, yeah, that that product will work. And we see it also happening overseas that um, this kind of idea is not a. It's like not two years old. There, there are some first um, first trials like 10 years ago but it didn't work because of the regulation in the u.s but now as time is ripe you have the mobile technology you have the regulation changed you have uh, the, the, the trading costs are so low that it makes sense that you can offer that basically what what was the what was the question can we build a fractional investment platform in individual shares to offer the scheme and um, also from a tax regulator and, and corporates act it's all okay that took 10 months 12 months to sort that all out to set up an upstreet fund to get it registered with the essex so it's a registered uh, investment scheme we are fully regulated and then building all a mobile application or like a mobile experience which is seamless so what we don't want is like swipe your card so you could go a couple of months ago it was still the case you had to swipe your card or put your phone and woovers we don't want that because there's no card there's no card involved is there? no so yeah. what we do we, we link your bank account so open banking um we will adopt that in the next year when it's more broadly available but we're using a provider um, uh, early stages in open banking so we we can get actually the transaction data from your bank account it has multiple benefits one is you don't have to swipe your card you just set it up once in the app and then you automatically earn shares as you shop so Mm. it's like earning share rewards uh, on autopilot but we will inform you every time you get a little bit of a piece of the company and on the other hand is we don't need to integrate with any of the big companies so we're just talking to to another asx listed company and probably if they if we agree today then we go live next week this is our fintech in 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 its best where we can have the, this implementation time of a week instead of if i need to integrate with their system it takes a year uh, so that is very exciting because that gives us this this scalability and also like the convenience it's all about convenience where you don't want to do that all the time. So we, you know, and, and, and swipe a card or scan a barcode. You want to do it once and then set and forget. Mm. But also always informed. Hey, I got more shares. I'm not share owner in this company and in this company. And then you can even explore on the Upstreet app which other company gives you shares. Yeah, so um, it becomes more an ecosystem or a network of uh, different companies to then make it more meaningful for you because. If you just have one company and one transaction a month, it might not make a big difference. But if imagine you can get like half of your yearly spend, you get a thing a little bit back. That little bit becomes bigger over time. We reinvest the dividends into the and that's all share. automatic. The it's dividend re- reinvestment is yes. automatic. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that is, and then the appreciation of the stock price. We know from the past the stock uh, Australia the, the, the ASX goes up. Past performance not a predictor for future performance, but generally, uh, generally, at the time, yeah, yeah, could uh, that 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 works out quite well. So it's compared to a frequent flyer point or point, 
a point can, from my perspective, only has one direction, it devalues over time at the discretion of the issuer. And um, I think that's, that's the whole idea. And also giving the opportunity to sell your shares with Upstreet and then take the money and do whatever you want. In a reward scheme, um, points-based system or gift cards, you're limited what you can do. It's all the toasters, isn't it? Toasters or mixers <laughs> or yeah. flights, yeah. Best mm-hmm. case, if you get a free flight. So this is, I'm, I'm just astonished that this, just all of this took just a year. Yeah, so I think, and this is an interesting one, is um, I just got that a question from a potential investor because the, the company who does that in the U.S. raised almost 30 million U.S. dollars three years in and just at Series A and just opened up the app. I think um, I looked at it a little bit and what we did is we leveraged partner companies. So the bank linking, we are using a provider who provides, who built that over years. We could not have built that in a year. And we're using also a fund manager who helps, who built that fund as a service, which is a complete new thing as well in Australia. So we're partnering with strategic partners to build fast and have a fast uh, go-to-market. For me, the 12th uh, year still took too long. But when I talk to others, they say, oh, say yeah, it's fantastic to, to launch a product within 12 months in, in, in this market, in the, in the conditions we are having. It's a retail product, so it's highly, highly regulated. So the app's available, you just uh, look at for Upstreet in, um, in uh, Google in Play? or Google um, Play or Apple App Store. As you say, there's nothing else. You just have to sign up and link your bank accounts. Which, um, which businesses are available for um, this reward scheme? Yeah, so we have nine businesses so far on the platform. Our biggest um, partner is Marley Spoon. So you can uh, you can earn shares when you eat your meal mm-hmm. uh, and cook your meal and then eat your meal. Um, then we have um, uh, three unlisted companies. They reward you with, an, with shares in an ETF. So that's one is Wandu. They do indigenous foods. Um, then Mino Designs. They do clothing and shoes for kids. And then um, we have Kill Capture, which is tough luxury, a good buddy from uh, of mine uh, back from the consulting days. He uh, has his own luxury uh, leather jacket company, basically. I bought one. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It's kangaroo leather. I think it's very unique, unique product. And then we have um, Adair's Furniture Shopping. We have The Good Guys for Electronics. We have Schaefer Shop for Personal Care. Catch as a online reseller. And The Athlete's Foot, if you need new shoes. That, that's that's it for for now and then we have a long list of companies they are listed in overseas so we're just working with our custodian um, to actually be able to buy international shares and mm-hmm. then, um, in a few weeks fingers crossed we can offer an ebay lululemon shares when you buy your know, yoga pants or and a couple of other big companies which we are very excited almost 20 and then uh, we're working a lot with, with like smaller caps uh, companies in Australia, so fingers crossed we get in the next couple of weeks more more companies on the on the platform. And and more importantly, you've got a brewer coming on board. Yes, yes. <laughs> craft brewer, craft craft brewer. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed that it will work out. Um, we are very very excited to to get them on board. And um, a boy can... from, a boy from Munich would be very interested in yes, that. I'm sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I lived in Munich for two years. So, yeah. Um, are you not from Munich? I'm not from Munich. Small mm-hmm. town near Stuttgart. But mm-hmm. I lived in Munich, and that's great. And a beer culture in Germany is uh, is actually everywhere. Not not just Munich. Our Bavaria. Yeah, that's just, that's great. So you can enjoy your meal and your and you get some shares as a reward. Yeah, beer for shares. I love, I love the concept. <laughs> yeah, but drink responsibly. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> okay, Christian, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. 
Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. Thanks to Christopher Soulos for music production with that special Greekalicious flavour. Remember, music always flows, even when the money won't. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.